too. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Uh, I'm dying. Oh. (laughs) I feel that. That was me this morning. I woke up and I was like, (coughs) I'm going to do my best to edit out all of my coughing, but uh, we'll see because the mold pound is, the mold count is up and my lungs are angry as fuck. Yup, I feel that. I've had rough-ass allergies lately, and part of me is like, oh, am I getting my my, my fall cold? And I'm like, I don't think this is my fall cold. Mm-mm. Not yet. Nope. <coughs> I feel too normal otherwise. I don't have any problems with my energy. I'm feeling great. I just am coughing and wanting to die. Yup. <laughs> I'm like, my lungs just itch and they hurt, and that's where we're at. And I hate it. It's the worst. I hate my fall allergies, I think, more than my spring allergies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because my spring allergies make me feel like I'm dying, but at least I feel like I'm dying. These are just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, like, I just sneeze a lot in the spring, and it's fine. The fall, it's like the whole infrastructure is... Compromised. Out of, out of whack. Yep. Yeah, she's not good. <laughs> Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Gwen. And we are Tea and Squee. This is the podcast where we spill the tea about the things that make us squee. Today, I am dying, and we are talking about (laughs) Any Way the Wind Blows by Rainbow Rowell. It is the third and final installment in the Simon Snow trilogy. Yes, we are finally finishing covering the Simon Snow trilogy on this podcast. It took a hot second, and that's my fault. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So this book (laughs) came out this past July. It came out in July of 2021. I bought it and read it immediately because I had nothing else going on in my life. And Alyssa, you just read it recently this past week, right? Yeah. Yeah, I bought it, I think, like, maybe two weeks ago. We were in a show for a month, so I didn't have time to do anything but work and do rehearsal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then when we ended the show, I finally, like, literally that Sunday when I drove home, um, I finally read it. I read it in like three days because it was I was very busy the following mm-hmm. week, and I have thoughts and feelings. <laughs> I read this book in July when I got it. I got it like opening week, um, and I read the whole thing in one night. Oh my god, that's like <laughs> an extreme emotional roller coaster. Cause it's a thick boy. It's yeah, very I I long. I started reading it at work that night and i i worked like a i don't know i want to say like a 4 30 to 8 30 p.m shift and so i started reading it at work and then i stayed up until probably 4 a.m finishing it oh my god this (laughs) book is like 575 pages give or take well yeah because the thing about it is like as is usually the case with Rainbow Rell's books, uh, and it's something that I noticed when I was younger reading Rick Riordan's books, and I've mm-hmm. kind of been, like, re-exploring his books as well, Ooh. there comes a point where, like, for a while you can just read and put it down and read and put it down and read mm-hmm. and put it down, and then you get to a point where you're like, I can no longer justify putting this down. Yep. And so I had been reading and reading and reading and then was suddenly at a point where I was like, okay, I, I could go to bed. I'm tired. But I was at a, I was past a point in the book where I could reasonably, reasonably put it down. And so I just stayed up until 4am finishing it. (laughs) Um, and for that reason, because, uh, I didn't have the time to reread Alyssa, uh, you're gonna take the lead on this one and you're gonna, 
um, summarize for us, and I will fill in yes. where I can. Because I have thoughts on the book, but I don't remember the plot details as well as I think you as someone who just read it would. Yes, I am certainly going to try my best because summarizing is not my best skill. I always <laughs> am very long-winded in my summarization, and I remember things that aren't necessarily important, but things I found interesting. That's okay. That's pretty much what this podcast has become is us summarizing the thing that we're talking about and filling in commentary there and then we just do whatever we want afterwards and that is a-okay so take as long as you need that buddy. that is that is true okay i'm trying to okay so it starts okay so at the end of <laughs> this is how it's gonna go <laughs> wayward son um we were they were on the beach in la after the whole now next vampire situation they're about mm -hmm. to go back to england so the book starts off like right after they get back to england essentially but it starts with lady ruth yeah and you read the first chapter and you're like who the fuck is this yeah. well and that's the thing i opened it i was at work and i opened the book and i went who the fuck is lady ruth and all of my coworkers went gwen are you okay <laughs> and i uh <laughs> i was like yeah except like this is not one of my friends i don't know who this this bitch is yeah and then second page i was like oh fuck oh, literally fuck so oh, fuck it simon's grandma oh fuck <laughs> i almost pissed my pants I when cried. i saw that <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh <gasps> Because after Wayward Son, I was basically just like, okay, so the whole Lucy being, Lucy and the mage being Simon's parents, that's just never going to be gonna, resolved. Yeah. I was, um. and I was mad about it. I was legitimately I was upset by that. So it was such a big plot point. I'm like, are we really going to pretend like this didn't just happen mm -hmm. like a book ago? Okay, I guess yeah. we're moving on. And, and like, <laughs> I wouldn't have been mad about it if Carry On had been a standalone book. Like, that's the yeah. thing. As a standalone book, that's chill okay i'm I'm heartbroken at the end of carry on that simon didn't know that like his mother came back to see him that the mage was actually his dad i'm upset about that i'm heartbroken about it but i'm like actually angry if we make get through the whole trilogy and simon never finds out that he had a real family literally because i'm like okay um part of the whole point of him feeling like shit these past two books is because he feels like he was never a real mage he was just like brought to be a mage in like a factory situation or something so he feels like a fake and mm -hmm. so this would bring a good conclusion to that story yes mm -hmm. i'm spoiling a little bit but literally okay listen <laughs> if you listen to tea and squee and you have not figured out by now that literally every episode of this podcast includes spoilers for whatever the <laughs> fuck we're talking about get out now leave what are you doing <laughs> yes okay so we have lady ruth and then i'm literally gonna open up my book because i'm trying to remember where things start um, oh, Simon inherits all of the major shit. Yes, thank you. And he doesn't want any of it because he feels weird taking, like, the shit from the guy that he, like, straight up killed. <laughs> like, you know, as you do. And Agatha's dad um, is basically just like, um, you should take the money. Like, yes, yeah, you killed him. But also, um... Basically, everybody in, like, the mage world is like, Simon, you were manipulated by this man. Like, he took advantage of you as a child. The and least Simon he can do is give you all of his wealth. Yeah. And Simon's still fighting that statement. He's like, no, I feel like I was aware of what I was doing. It's like, no, you were, like, literally a child. But, mm -hmm. okay, that's some manipulation here. 
so he takes the cash and he uses it to buy an apartment that mm-hmm. remains empty until Baz takes him to buy a couch. <laughs> yes, basically, <laughs> Simon just lives in this empty ass like flat for a hot second. Um, Shepard and yes. Penelope go to Penelope's house Thank because you. if we remember from the end of Wayward Son, uh, Shepard is cursed. He sold yes. his soul to a demon. Mm-hmm. And so Penelope takes Shepard back to England and thinks, if anyone can figure this out, my parents can. And yeah. so she takes Shepard home with her. And her mom freaks out that she brought a normal into their house. She freaks out that, like, a normal knows about magic, blah, 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 blah. Uh, She's really into Shepard at first. She really, really likes him until she finds out that he is normal. Yep. And so then she tries to put a memory loss spell on Shepard, but it doesn't work because magic doesn't affect him because he's cursed. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> and Penelope and Shepard run away from home and back to Penelope's flat and Penelope essentially decides I'm going to do this by myself if my parents can't help me then I'm going to do this and Shepard's like no Penelope you don't you don't have to you did your best like there's no fixing this and Penelope won't say what she's actually thinking, uh, even to the reader, because she, she's like, no, I can't not solve a problem. This is a problem, and I have to solve it. But what she actually means is, no, I'm really into you, and I can't just let you be cursed forever. Yep. <laughs> I, God, I loved Penelope so much in this book. Like, yes, during most of it, I was doing what I usually do and I was like I want to get to more Simon and Baz but like eventually it got to the point where I was so into what her and Shepard were doing I was like I don't want to go back to Simon and Baz let Mm -hmm. me stay here she Mm -hmm. grows so much during this book and it's chef kiss love her character arc it's Um, wonderful uh when we meet back up with Baz just so we can get a baseline of like where all of our characters mm -hmm. are at the start of this book Baz has to break his aunt out of jail because she was caught breaking into the uh headmistress's office at watford um looking for something that had belonged to her dead sister Mm -hmm. and then he goes back to his family home and finds his father there with all of his half siblings he has what four half siblings that are all younger than him yeah i believe so because there's there's the twins the older girl the twins and then the baby boy right yes yeah yeah so he he finds his dad there alone with his four half siblings who are all under the age of like 10 Mm -hmm. um and his stepmother daphne is missing has run away and Mm -hmm. left their family and uh, he doesn't know why, but he's intent on figuring it out. And Agatha comes back and starts to essentially intern at her dad's magical doctor, doctor practice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I couldn't she think of like... the word doctor. <laughs> my, and my brain was also like, is he a veterinarian? I and then I was like, too. I was like, no, because Penelope and. Oh, Penelope? Or not uh, Penelope, Agatha, oh, and the girl that ne- Agatha works with. I, the thing is, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I think it's like Niam or something like that. It's Neve. Neve, cool. Yep. It sounds, sounds like N E E V. Neve. Neve, cool. Mm-hmm. Why would it be pronounced how it's spelled? 
<laughs> Thank you the, to the Gaelic language for that. <laughs> but um, I thought I thought for a second in my brain that it, her dad was a veterinarian, and then I was like, no. Neve and Agatha both want to be veterinarians, but her dad is like an actual human doctor. Yes. Um, But anyway, Agatha's (laughs) interning with her dad at his uh, doctor practice, essentially acting as a secretary. Mm -hmm. And that's the baseline of where all of our main characters are. Yep. And then we move on to the part where I literally wanted to throw my book across the room. (laughs) (laughs) So since we get back to England, everybody kind of goes their separate ways because they all have shit to do. So the last mm-hmm. time Simon and Baz have really talked, and not even like a formal discussion because it got interrupted, was on the beach in L.A. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even have a, they didn't even get to have a full conversation then. They were going to have a heart to heart and then they, they got were. interrupted. And so they like get back to England and they're both like, okay, bye, see you later. They don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Simon goes, finds out that he's inheriting the mage's money, which leaves him emotionally conflicted. And then Baz goes and finds out, not only has to spring his most trusted family member from jail, but then also finds out that his family is falling apart because his stepmother has left his dad. Um, And so he he feels this compulsive need to then take care of his family. So he's an Mm -hmm. emotional turmoil simon's an emotional turmoil baz goes to simon's flat to talk to him and to like be like listen all this shit is happening can we talk because i'm overwhelmed and Alyssa, just tell us what happened okay well while while baz was at his his parents place he was like texting simon updates because he was there for a couple days and simon was was like straight up ghosting baz like he was not responding to any text messages which is what provokes baz to go to the flat because he's like what the fuck is going on i've had like a shitty ass week where have you been i'm so confused what's going on and simon breaks up with him because he's like i can't do this anymore i think he's like most of Simon's issue is, like, he feels very inadequate in this relationship. He does not want to be anywhere near magic anymore. And he's like, well, that's a big part of who Baz is. And he's like, well, this was going to end eventually anyway, so I'm just, like, doing it now before we hurt each other even more. And Baz is basically just like, you didn't even try. You haven't even tried in this relationship. I didn't think you were someone who, like, gave up or whatever. And then, Yeah. That's how that's how they leave each other. And it sucks. And it's a lot of back and forth. I'm trying to find the chapter so I can... We missed something. Before that even happens, Simon makes the decision to completely leave his friends behind. Because he oh, feels yes. like he's a burden on them. And so he writes notes to Penelope and Baz. Oh, telling yes. them that he doesn't want to see them anymore. And that he's yeah. sorry for all of the pain and the hurt that he's caused them. And Penelope, for the first time in her life, decides maybe I should listen to Simon. Um, And Baz is like, what the fuck, Bunce? No, he needs us. He needs me. And Mm -hmm. Penelope's like, that was always my excuse, too, was that Simon needs me, but maybe he doesn't anymore. He seems pretty certain that he doesn't. And Baz is like, fuck that. I'm going to find him. Uh, And 
then they have this very intense emotional breakup in which Baz, because Simon uses his lack of magic as a reason that he and Baz shouldn't be together, and mm-hmm. Baz, in a heated moment, says that if magic is what is going to keep him from Simon, then he doesn't want it anymore, and whips out his wand to break it in half. And I <laughs> cried. Uh. This is all within the first, like, 75 pages of this book. Yep. We're already on an emotional roller coaster. It's only <laughs> down from here, man. <laughs> and they um they 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 break up. Baz <sighs> says, "I stop at the door. I look back at Simon one more time. I never thought I'd be the first thing you ever gave up on." And then he leaves. I cry. And I literally, I, I I shit you not. I'm at work. I am sitting on the ground at work reading this book, and I hit this point, and I go, no! Like, maybe not as dramatically, but loudly. I was like, no, no, no! And I get up and start, like, prancing in circles because I'm so upset. I'm like, we are only on page... We're only on page 69. Nice. And we can't <laughs> we can't break up on page 69. This book is like 600 pages deep. We can't break up right now. Oh my god. This is the thing. This is the thing. Actually, no. The thing is that I, I said if she killed either of them, I would oh, never yes. forgive her. So, like, I couldn't... I, I was mad. I was very mad, but at least they weren't dead yet. Yes, that was where I was at. Also, I was already, like, a little peeved. Because of just how it started, I was like, um, okay, way to not gently ease us in, Rainbow Rowell. Way to just throw us into the depths of, like, the rocky ocean and say, (laughs) go swim. Because, okay, my book, the first thing that is there when I open it is this beautiful illustration of Simon and Baz eating breakfast together on a couch. (gasps) I love that. Mine is not that. It's so cute. But I was like... (laughs) Mine is the goats uh, in the sunrise over Watford. I love that. Which is also beautiful and has a a distinct significance later in the book. But your must is different than mine. I have a sword. Oh, Oh, that's so cool. I have the goat. Oh, my God. Sorry, guys. This is cool. (laughs) Yours must be from a different printing. Ooh. Anyways... Okay, I literally saw that beautiful illustration, and I'm like, you did not commission an artist to draw that, and then have them break up on page 69. We're not doing this today. And I literally- On page 69 of all pages, Rainbow. Literally. I was like, come on. You, come on. And I literally texted Gwen. I was like, they broke up. I don't want to read this anymore. <laughs> And speaking of commissioning artists, can we just talk about how hot our boys look on look the, the so dust cover? Good. I need I need your opinion here, uh, Alyssa. Yes. It, in terms of like hotness level on the dust covers, do we think they're hot? Which book do we think they're the hottest on? Because I think honestly, it's this one. I would like, say I absolutely stan Baz's floral suit on the yes. cover of Wayward Son, but. Like he just looks so hot. <laughs> he does. I was I was gonna say I would say that one or Wayward Son. Mm-hmm. They just look Simon's hair on the Wayward Son. Oh my um, gosh, it's so good. It's so good, and I love that boy so much. So th- I think <laughs> I'm, I, I'm. It's like a tie between those two because they're both fucking fabulous. And 
Baz's suits. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, and then next we have Agatha working at her father's practice. And lo and behold, um, Simon is in the surgery room trying to get his wings cut off because he doesn't want to be like have any magic part of him anymore and that's where we get more of an introduction to neve neve right neve neve okay and simon is like shaking he's having like a, a mild anxiety attack on the table and um agatha basically helps him kind of calm down but he's still sort of anxious through it all and it ends with me thinking that they had cut simon's wings off and that is not the case at all um we go right back to baz who is um in the breakup blues for lack of better words um has not changed his clothing is just not having a good time and Mm. guess who fucking comes simon with his wings still intact basically being like what you said about me like never giving up and you being the first thing i give up on like really hit me and you're right i didn't really try through this relationship and like i don't know how to do this but i do i do want to get this another go like the proper way and actually give an effort and actually try like i used to try for things and baz is feeling like he's on an emotional roller coaster as he should be feeling but at the end um they get back together basically so literally she had the breakup i mean it was for good reason but it was like emotional whiplash oh they sleep together in the same bed which is nice and like Mm -hmm. simon holds baz and like lets baz hold him which is a big start for simon because if we remember the last book he was constantly like pushing baz away Mm -hmm. and now he's like trying to bring him in close again which is 10 out of 10 very very cute um they try to get intimate and simon can't mm-hmm. and i feel so bad during this these portions because it happens multiple times where simon just kind of like freaks out when they're about to like have sex and stuff mm-hmm. and he's like crying and and baz is comforting him and ugh, the chapter ends with just like him being like i can't and baz being like i'm here i'm here love and my heart also, Alyssa, you totally glossed over the fact that they say I love you for the first fucking time oh, in these three books. <laughs> whoopsie doopsie. So when Baz comes back and he and Simon have this conversation about, like, Simon being like, I never tried. Like, I, I gave up on you before I tried, which is a thing that I never did before. So maybe I should try. I want to try because I love you. And Baz is like, did you just say I love you? And oh. Simon's like, well, yeah, of course I did. And Baz is like, well, you could have said it, like, any time before now. <laughs> Literally any time before now. And Simon's like, oh, I thought it was just, like, implied that, like, of course I love you. <laughs> Baz is really sitting here, like, thinking, this bitch has never loved me. I've always loved him more. And then there's Simon being like, oh, yeah, I just thought you should, you you would have picked up on that. Baz's words are literally, uh, yeah, he says. Of course. Like, it's obvious. It isn't obvious. It has not been obvious. You never said, I say. Haven't I? No. He frowns. I thought, I mean, I've killed so many things for you. <laughs> Simon! <laughs> he 
Simon's like a little golden retriever. He's like, but I brought you my toys. That means I love you. And Baz is like, that's that's not how you say I love you. <laughs> I brought you a cow once, remember? And I killed a chimera for you in fifth year. You killed it near me. There's a difference. <laughs> okay, so Simon and Baz are like talking after that and Baz comforts him and... Simon goes with Baz to go hunting for, like, the first time ever. And honestly, kind of cute. Baz is, like, thinking he's a monster still because, you know, that's typical Baz behavior. And and Simon's, like, literally catching a rat for him to drink. And it's very wholesome. He <laughs> Simon also tells Baz that uh, now that Baz knows that he can't, that he doesn't have to kill people when he drinks their blood. He could he could drink Simon's blood if he wanted to or if he needed to. Simon's <laughs> literally like, well, why don't you just drink some of my blood? We're in love. You can have my blood. And, and Baz is like, I'm not going to drink your blood, Snow. And he's all like, but Baz, it's I love you. <laughs> he's like, it's kind of hot, too. I'm like, Simon, my love, that is a vampire kink. And I get that you get that because you're dating one, but what are you doing, love? Simon tells Baz that he and Agatha had had sex and they talk a little bit about, like, their sexuality and stuff. And Simon's mm-hmm. like, I'm not gay. I don't know what I am, but, like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I am. So that was an interesting moment for them. Lots of sexuality talk in this book which i was yes. here for I was and not too. not just like a sexual attraction mm-hmm. kind of level like there is that there's simon being like i still don't know what my sexuality is mm-hmm. which we talk about quite a bit but then there's also just like very good open communication about sex and about yes. being sexually active and between partners in intimate situations and i am here for all of that good communication yes i loved it i loved promoting the healthy and open communication between partners about what Mm -hmm. they want in a sexual relationship because it's so so important especially the ya book it's so nice to see Mm -hmm. which i have to question now is this a ya book (laughs) yeah right i mean i i think so because none of it nothing that happens is explicitly said no like like it's mentioned that they sort of like come undone together yeah but like there's never any explicit regard to like genitalia and stuff if that makes sense yeah like there's one mention of like a cock but Mm -hmm. that's about it and i've read new adult and that 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 was not it Mm-hmm. Um, and new well, adult's very graphic. I've definitely read young adult fiction that I think has worse or more graphic depictions. Fewer, yeah. but more graphic, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, more explicit with the descriptions. And then mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is just, like, we finally get to see Simon and Baz function in a relationship, which is very refreshing. Because for the past two books, they've just been, like, mission, mission, mission. A little cute moments, mission, 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 mm-hmm. and now we actually get to see them have conversations for like pages on end, and it's very, very nice and just mm-hmm. seeing them discuss things like like live, like normal people things with each other, and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah, there was a review that I read that was talking about how the for the past two books, 
all of us as a fandom have just been screaming at Simon and Baz, oh my god, talk to each other. Yeah. And they finally do. They're past the honeymoon phase. They are actually talking about each other to each other. And it's so good to see. It is the fluff my heart needs. Sick. Um, because it, it, I don't know about you, Alyssa, but it put me right back in that squee kind of, the, the way I was feeling reading the second half of the first book. Yes. Same. This was one of the moments where it switches to Penelope's POV, and I did not want it to. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to stay in this cute, like, very warm and wholesome moment with Baz and Simon, and not have to deal with the plot. Mm-hmm. I was like... Well, <laughs> and, like, it wasn't even that, like, Penelope and... Shepard's mission wasn't interesting because mm-hmm. it was because in this chapter with Penelope you uh she and Shepard summon the demon that cursed him and you find out that Shepard is engaged to this demon <laughs> that somehow he managed to become engaged to a demon and so like that's f- fucking interesting as all get out but like I didn't care because as a like really really aggressive penelope and shepherd shipper they weren't making out and penelope hadn't realized how jealous that shepherd being engaged made her mm-hmm. and so things weren't moving forward shepherd has already admitted to the reader that he's totally into penelope oh, for sure and if she would give him a chance he would take it yeah but like penelope won't admit to herself or the reader that she's into shepherd and so i was like this isn't going anywhere like oh my goodness drama because he's actually engaged but penelope isn't reacting to it and so i don't care enough <laughs> Yep, I was like, this is like the early stages of a relationship blooming, and I don't want to deal with it right now when Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Simon and Baz, who are finally communicating, and then we go back to Shepard and Penelope, who aren't communicating yet, and I'm like, ugh, I don't want to backtrack, please. I know we have to backtrack to move forward with them, but nonetheless. So yeah, that happens, and then, oh, um, Ag... Goes with Neve to Watford to check on the goats. To check on the goats because we haven't heard about the goats in a little hot secky, and it's just a little blurb. Honestly, we don't see a lot of Agatha in this book, mm-hmm. and I I don't know how I feel about it. I miss her, but mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> so the Agatha we get in this book is different from the Agatha we got in Wayward Son. And I fucking loved Agatha in Wayward Son. Mm -hmm. And um, I understand Agatha in this one. I just don't like her as much, if that makes sense. Like, I totally get why she behaves the way she does in this one. Because she is different. She feels different. And she's still being forced to fit herself into the little box that her family has for her. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I, I understand why I'm not maybe gonna like her as much in this one because she's playing the same part she played in the first one um just like a tiny bit more rebellious which like i totally 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 get and the whole time she's conflicted because she doesn't know what to go back to in la she knows Mm -hmm. that like there's nothing for her here or she feels like there's nothing for her here but she also doesn't think that there's necessarily anything for her in LA and so she's very much at a standstill where last book we saw her with a lot of urgency and a Mm -hmm. lot of um 
purpose or drive, that's it. That's it. Um, and so in this one, we see Agatha being kind of stagnant again. Yes. And that, I think, is frustrating to us, or at least it was to me. It was. It made me not want to read her parts of the story as much because yeah. everything else was moving forward. Like, Simon and Baz were moving forward in their relationship. Shepard and Penelope were finding answers. And Agatha was just sitting stagnant. And so when I would get to an Agatha chapter, I'd be like, here's our girl. Is she actually going to do something now? Yes. Yeah, I felt literally the same way because she was, like, my favorite part about Wayward Son because I loved reading her mm-hmm. and her just, like, trying to find herself. And now it feels like she got, you know, her shit handed to her in L.A. Now she doesn't want to try anymore. She's just mm-hmm. going to do what her parents want her to do and go to the, her dad's clinic and help Neve and do whatever because mm-hmm. I don't. she doesn't know what she wants to do anymore. And it sucks to see her like that like i've def- i definitely feel that way in my early 20s but it sucks mm-hmm. to see your favorite character behave that way especially when you're like oh i wish there was more going on with you right now mm-hmm. and uh what i think is interesting though is that agatha's the only one who is like firmly in the world of mages for the entirety of this book mm-hmm. as the only character who wanted nothing to do with the world <laughs> of mages when she got back she is the only tie we have thus far Simon and Baz will sink themselves back into it in a little while. Mm-hmm. But um, from the moment they get back to the UK, I mean, Penelope and Shepard are on a secret mission. And Simon and Baz are so preoccupied trying to figure out each other that they aren't paying attention to the world of mages. Mm-hmm. And so Agatha's the only one who's actually in it. And so that for that reason, it was like, oh, you know, like, there was trouble at Watford. Things are happening and Agatha's the only link we have to what is actually happening in the world of mages. Uh, and so for that reason, we, we need her. Um, not, not to say that the only reason to have her as a character is because we would need her, but I'm, I'm saying that for this first part of the book where we don't really see a whole lot happening with her, she acts as that here's what's happening exposition mm-hmm. and perspective. Yeah. And we're getting to the middle portion of the book where, like, a lot of the, there's, like, a lot of repetition happening. So it's easy to sum that up because Agatha goes with Neve to Watford and, like, all the goats are, like, running, roaming free, essentially. So Mm -hmm. they have to, like, corral them and get them back to, like, the penned area because they're flying goats, we learn to find out. They are not normal goats. They are, like, very special and important to Watford. And the reason that they have to go out to Watford to tend to the goats is that since Eb died and was killed by the mage, they haven't found a new goat herd. And so Neve has been going out and taking care of the goats, like, you know, once a week. But Neve says that that um, she is not a suitable goat herd for them because the goats will only respond to, like, a certain type of magic, and Neve doesn't have it. Eb was very powerful and very caring and, like, something about Eb the goats just clicked with. And Neve doesn't have whatever it was about about Eb. Uh, and so she's doing the best that she can, but the goats need more than she can give her. And so mm-hmm. Agatha starts tagging out along with her because she does she doesn't really know why. She just thinks that it... There's something about the goats that 
makes her feel like she can help and she she wants to be able to help she's tired of feeling useless mm-hmm. and so she says this is the thing i can do so i'm gonna do it and the goats respond to her like really really well like she uses a nursery rhyme on them to like corral them and neve is very impressed with her because she's, she's like that shouldn't work because that's a nursery rhyme about a lamb you're using them on goats but they still followed mm-hmm. you and Agatha's, like, feeling really good about it. And she likes going out with the to corral the goats with Neve. Like, it's a very, it's not peaceful, but, like, she feels useful and she's good at it. Mm-hmm. Which makes her feel very, very good about herself. And I feel like she's, like, trying to, like, not compensate for, like, Eb, like, you know, kind of sacrificing herself for her way back in the first book. But she's like, I feel like I owe it to Eb. And, like, the goats deserve somebody to be there for them. And if I can be that person, then I will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Agatha cares about herself and has reached a point where she's like, I'm going to take care of myself first, but she's not without compassion and mm-hmm. empathy and understanding. Like, that's, if we learned anything about Agatha in the first two books is that she is so full of empathy and understanding and compassion. I mean, like, she stayed with Simon all those years because she thought it was what she was supposed to do and mm-hmm. also she didn't know where else Simon would go yeah. or who else Simon would fit with. She was chosen by the chosen one and so she was going to stay chosen by the chosen one because who else was going to care for him? Mm-hmm. And so she deliberately made herself unhappy in order to make Simon and other people happy. And, like, part of that is, like, Agatha, you are being used by the people around you, whether they realize it or not, and whether you realize it or not. But, like, the type of people who are used in that way are used that way because of their incredible amount of compassion and empathy and desire to help other people. Agatha just had to run away to learn that it's not healthy for her to only do things for other people, and she needs to put herself first. Mm-hmm. I like that, yes. I very much agree with that. And I think that's why her character development in this book seems so subtle mm-hmm. and initially kind of stagnant, because it's a lot of self-love and self-work, which sometimes does not sh- like shine as much as like other plot-related devices. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then with Penelope and Shepard, they're basically compiling, like, a list of things they know mm-hmm. about how Shepard became, like, engaged to a demon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, trying to figure out, like, the tattoo on his arm, which is, like, the marriage proposal. Mm-hmm. And so how, that's... How do we break this engagement without yes. Shepard dying? <laughs> yes. And Penelope, just the whole time, she's very irritated with him because she's like, God, of course he would do this. Such an idiot. He's so stupid. When in reality, it's like, you know, it's fueled by a little jealousy because she's like, oh, he's engaged to a demon. Oh, he tried to, like, you know, get it on with a fairy. Of course he did. He's so stupid. Like, how is mm-hmm. he even, like, alive still? And I'm like, Penelope, you mm-hmm. like him? Mm-hmm. And Penelope is also struggling with some thoughts of self-worth because mm-hmm. she is not conventionally pretty i think Mm -hmm. is the way that i will put it penelope is described as being an absolutely beautiful young woman but she is um 
she's not white. She is not skinny. She mm-hmm. has frizzy hair. Like, all these things. And so she looks at herself and sees someone that is not conventionally attractive. Why would Shepard, who has literally tried to have sex with fairies and that gets all this attention from, like, so many people, want Agatha, not Agatha, want Penelope, (laughs) who just got dumped by the only boy she thought would ever love her. Yep. And Shepard's, like, you know, hot. Shepard's hot, and he's very charismatic, and he, like, brightens up the room and is able to talk to, like, anybody, and Penelope, you know, we all know Penelope, she's, like, Mm -hmm. more so cynical, she doesn't shine out as brightly, is not as charismatic in that way, she's very smart and, like, quick-witted, but, like, not like how Shepard is able to, like, work a room. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Meanwhile, Shepard's like, Penelope is the coolest person I've ever met. (laughs) I'm such a simp for Penelope. He is. He's like, God, she's so badass. Look at all these amazing things she's done. Of course, she never pays for taxi fare, but, you know, she's amazing. <laughs> it's very cute. So we catch back up with Simon and Baz, and mm. they are with uh, Baz's aunt Fiona and find mm-hmm. out that where Baz is stepmother ran off to was to be with the quote-unquote new chosen one uh (laughs) which simon is like what what do you mean there's a new chosen one i'm the chosen one very territorial but it turns out this new guy has been like targeting people who have low amounts of magic who aren't super strong mages and being like Hey, I can increase your magic production pro- production <laughs> words. words. Um and I can, you know, make your magic stronger. And so a lot of people have been like flocking to him. Uh and so we have like a a new magic cult. We love to Yay. see it. And that's <laughs> how Simon and Baz um meet Lady Ruth or Ruth, yeah, Lady Salisbury, Lady Ruth. Mm -hmm. Um, because her son Jamie was like one of the first ones like indoctrinated into the cults and she's been trying to find him for a very long time and like that's basically like their first like way to get information on the new um chosen one and that's how her and Baz connects they're like oh we're both missing somebody um basically they find out about like some meetings that the, the new chosen one has which is like Smith Smith Richards or whatever his name is it's a very silly name. And we find out that, well, we, we mean we already knew this, but, like, Lady Salisbury's son, Jamie, is, like, had an older sister who was Lucy, who, you know, was the one who ran off with the mage. All that fun jazz. Lady Ruth is wonderful, and she really loves Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, feeds him lots of food. And... She oh, loves Baz, too. That's part... Yeah. That I, I love so much. She f- figures out immediately that they're in love, and she's like, I love this for both of you. It's you two so take cute. such good care of each other. Oh, my goodness. I know the world can be really mean, but I want you to know that if you ever want cookies or a hug, you two come here. I'm going to love all over you. Look at you being the best couple. Oh, I love you. She is... Lady Salisbury and I just have a kinship. We are really aggressive snow baz shippers Mm -hmm. uh, 
who just want to love all over are two tragic boys. Yes. And so I really feel Lady Salisbury in, in my heart. Absolutely. I, I agree with this. You're going to grow up and become her someday. Oh my god, I hope I become Lady Salisbury. <laughs> I want to live in like an old townhouse making cookies for young gay men. <laughs> Ain't that the dream, though, honestly. <laughs> Y'all, I'm going to skip around because this is a very long summary. <laughs> um, basically, eventually, Simon and Baz attend, like, one of the first meetings from this new chosen one. Um, and they see him, like, heal someone's magic. And Simon is very much, like, invested in this and is believes him, actually. And Baz is more on the fence about it because, you know, Simon's easily won over. Simon's lost his magic. So, of course, I think Simon's going to be intrigued by the possibility of maybe getting it back. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, Baz, I think he, does, he runs into Daphne at the meeting and tells her to come home. And she's like, no, Baz, like, I, I want to do this for myself. I miss them. I'll be home soon. But, like, I want to make my magic stronger. Like, you don't know what it's like for me because... Mm -hmm. Baz is a very strong mage. He, yeah. he doesn't understand. Baz is, like, now that Simon no longer has his magic, Baz and Penelope are probably two of the strongest young mages in the magical world. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that, for sure. And so, like, I think oftentimes they forget that, mm -hmm. like, other people's magic is not as strong as theirs. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, why would anybody, like, believe this bullshit? And Simon's basically just like, well, you don't know what it's like they still haven't found jamie they've, no. they've attended these meetings they have met the new chosen one they have talked with daphne but they still haven't seen jamie who they have seen is penelope's dad mm -hmm. who is leaving one of the meetings and they also um, oh they also no. see the girl from it's only it's only mentioned in carry on her name's pippa who baz stole her magic from from the little tape mm -hmm. recording she's been at these meetings too um and baz stole her magic by stealing her voice and putting it on a magical tape recorder he meant to use it on simon but uh pippa got in the way and so pippa no longer has a voice because baz stole it and baz feels incredible amounts of grief and agony over this and wants nothing more than to make it right but he doesn't know where the recorder is he doesn't know how to make it right so that's another layer of baz's i'm a monster angst yeah. just coming right on up to the surface oh yes um penelope and shepherd find somebody who can like interpret um the tattoo and figure out what the marriage proposal is so that's what's going on with them like eventually they find someone at like a coffee shop they've been like referred to like multiple different people at this point they're like jumping around london talking to like different types of monsters trying to figure out who can like figure out what this says eventually they come across like this woman at a coffee shop and she says her mother can interpret like any language basically mm -hmm. so they go to that that woman's house she's very on edge about interpreting it because it's like demon language it's very tricky business but eventually like uh, shepherd and penelope convince her to do so and they get like a transcription on what's written on his arm and they're back to evaluate how they can fix that um simon and baz keep like 
touching base with Lady Salisbury, trying to figure out, like, what their next move is. They are going to keep going to the, these meetings. Um, Smith, Richard Smith, whatever the fuck his name is, um, seems very interested in Simon Snow being there at his meeting. So that's their in. Is Simon's going to work that angle still? It's less acting as it goes on. Um, and more so Simon actually being interested in talking to Smith. And, um... Baz and Simon get furniture for Simon's apartment, finally. Because Baz is like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's very cute. Oh, and then we get to the part where they try to have sex again, and Simon gets very aggressive. And Baz is asked to tell him to stop, and Simon's feeling mm -hmm. bad again, you know. And we have some very healthy in-bedroom talk. Yes. From the two of them. Which um, love to see. Yeah. Mm hmm And they end up having some, like, nice... They, they end up having a nice time. They do. Because they are both willing to work through it together and talk about what they both want and need. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I like that. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. We love to see it. Um, meanwhile, uh, they... Penelope and Shepard break the engagement. Did you already say that? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, they yes, summon the demon it. back and they break the engagement through a loophole that, like, uh, Shepard had given her the wrong name when they made uh, their engagement agreement. And so the engagement is now broken. Shepard's arms are now free of tattoos. Yes. Um, and Penelope starts thinking about ways to send him home because she still can't admit to herself that <sighs> she's in love with him. Fucking <laughs> Penelope! Ugh. Penelope and Shepard finally make out. Finally. 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 <laughs> they finally make out. All is right with the world. They go over to Simon's flat uh, to meet with Simon and Baz. Baz has found the tape recorder, or rather his aunt Fiona mm -hmm. has found the tape recorder and brought it to him. Um, so he has the chance to make things right with Pippa. Um, they fill in Penelope about everything that's been happening while she's been trying to break Shepard's curse. Uh, and Penelope agrees to join their mission. And so the four of them decide to head off and um, go to another one of these meetings, find Pippa, give Pippa back her voice, everything like that. Um, they oh. find Jamie locked in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> and prior to this, Simon had like a, a meeting with Smith himself and Smith tried using the spell on Simon and it did mm -hmm. not work. And now Simon's immune to magic. Yep. So yeah. that's so... <laughs> no, nothing, no spells that they cast on Simon. Like, previously, even though Simon doesn't have magic, Penelope and Baz could cast on Simon, and the mm -hmm. spells would affect him. Uh, and now he's immune to it. So yep. that's fun. Yep. Uh, he has to hide his wings the old-fashioned way. Mm -hmm. But they go back to the cult house... Uh, they give Pippa back her voice, uh, and they find Jamie Salisbury locked in a basement, Yep. Uh, where Jamie is trying to convince them that, no, he's totally fine, he's totally fine, Smith only locked me down here <laughs> to, like, so that I could come out at the most opportune time, and they're like, yo, Jamie, is your magic any stronger? Because Jamie was, like, the first guinea pig, mm -hmm. and Jamie's like, um, no. no. <laughs> 
And they're like, okay, so, like, you're brainwashed and dude locked you in a basement. And Jamie's like, oh, fuck, maybe you're right. <laughs> Just say Jamie. Oh, my God. And then they go, they drive to Watford and because... Yeah, because Smith's going to have this, like, big ceremony where he's going to perform the ritual on, like, X number of people, yeah. which includes Daphne, so that's Baz's stepmom, mm-hmm. and also Penelope's dad. Mm-hmm. And what they've learned uh, since talking to Simon, since talking to Jamie, since talking to Pippa, is that Smith's what what Smith actually does is makes it so that people burn through their magic and then are left with absolutely nothing at the end um so it's not it's not a hey we're gonna make your magic stronger and it's going to continue to be stronger Mm -hmm. it's hey we're drawing all of your magic to the surface and burning it out so that you have none left at all yep um and so they have to go to watford to stop this from happening to Mm -hmm. daphne and dr welby love Yes. Um, Meanwhile, Agatha and Neve are at Watford. Yes. Looking for one of the goats, and they find her in labor. Mm-hmm. She is giving birth. On Ebb's grave. Uh, uh-huh. On Ebb's grave. It went to Ebb's grave to give birth okay. to... It's, it's, it's Liam. And broke um, my heart. <laughs> yep, yep. And, uh... The first one is dead. By the time they get there, and Agatha's like, all hope is lost, but then the doe starts giving birth to another little goat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, Agatha mm-hmm. helps with the birth, and Neve's looking at Agatha, and it's like, wow, you're so amazing at this point. Something I am kind of frustrated with is we didn't get to see, like, any of their bonding. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, like, we got enough. We got, we got enough. Or not enough. We no, got some. We got some, but I wanted, when they went to the pub together i wanted Mm -hmm. to have that point because i feel like i missed a lot in -hmm. what happened there because like agatha had like convinced me like oh i don't know why you wear your hair like that you should cut it short like it was um at watford and neve does it and is all like grumpy about it because that's who neve is Mm -hmm. and after agatha helps with the birth neve kisses agatha and and is like agatha you saved watford because you find out that the goats are actually protectors of watford yeah um, and that the goats being there is part of what helps to keep the magic alive at yeah. Watford and keeps Watford safe. And um, uh, so Neve and Agatha kiss after Agatha successfully uh, helps the goat to give birth. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Very cute, very wholesome. Back at the ritual. <laughs> Back at the cult meeting. Yeah. Um, they get there, and Simon's like, oh, Penny and Baz and Shepard, you guys go. Um, I'm gonna stay here, because I can't really do anything. So he stays there with Pippa and Jamie, and then, you know, he doesn't, because he lied to them. So Simon, like, flies to the the White Chapel, where the meeting is being held, and, like, Mm -hmm. tries confronting Smith there. Smith basically, like, twists it, so Simon, it seems like Simon's jealous, and, like, is a fake chosen one and is trying to stop their mission and people cast mm-hmm. spells on Simon. Obviously, none of them work. Um, mm-hmm. 
Because it, because Smith is like Simon was never the chosen one. It was always me, and you just didn't know it. And now he's angry because I've finally come out of the shadows. Yeah. Uh, to to tell the true narrative. Yeah. So. And everyone's so <laughs> far gone for Smith because he's literally a cult leader. Yep. <laughs> that they're like, oh my god, he's right. Simon Snow is evil. Let's stop him. Like, okay, and then eventually Simon, like, straight up, like, takes Smith and flies out of the White Chapel um, mm-hmm. before, like, Penny and Baz can get there. And, like, he he lies to Penny and Baz because he doesn't want them to get hurt in case somebody tries casting a spell on them because he's like, oh, I'm immune to magic now, so, like, these bitches ain't stopping me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Smith gets arrested by uh, Penelope's mom, mm-hmm. and it's... We're, we're wrapping up shit now, basically. Professor Bunce and Daphne didn't get the spell cast on them, so they have their magic still. Right. Oh, Simon and Baz reunite Jamie with Lady Salisbury, yeah. which is super it's sweet. So, so she gets to be with her son again. Because So something we didn't discuss with Lady Salisbury is that her... Sh- I just knocked my mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Lady Salisbury literally opens this book with a summon- summoning ritual for... Lucy and Jamie, her two children, mm-hmm. asking for them to come home. Asking Lucy for help to bring her brother home. Um, she, she has candles for both of them that remain lit um, when they are away from home and still alive. And uh, Lucy's has been faintly flickering for years now, but mm-hmm. won't go out. And Jamie's is still burning, and so she asks Lucy for her help to bring Jamie home. Um, So all Lady Salisbury has ever wanted is her family to come home and to be together again. Um, And so it's a very, very emotional reunion for Mm -hmm. Jamie to be with his mother again, and it makes me very happy. Me too. Um, and eventually, uh, Simon and Baz go over again, and there's, like, a big lunch for them, because she's, like, very thankful to them for going to save Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a sword in the middle of the table. And, uh, L- Lady Ruth is like, uh, he always leaves his sword around. Jamie, come and move your sword! And Simon's like, nah, I got it! And he picks up the sword and moves it, and everyone freezes and is staring at him. <laughs> and, and he's like, what? What did I do? Should I not have touched it? And they're like, um, only people in our family, only men of the line of Salisbury are supposed to be able to move that sword. And Simon's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's basically like, to the candle! They rush (laughs) to the candle. And And Lucy's candle has gone out. And Simon's like, oh, what did I do? Fuck! And Lady Salisbury's, like, crying because she realizes this is Lucy and the mage's child. Mm-hmm. Finally because she home. she knew, because Lucy had kept up very limited correspondence with her mother. We find that out in Carry On, in mm-hmm. the first book. And Lady Salisbury maintains that there was a child. She thinks that Lucy had a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't know whatever happened to that kid. And so Simon has finally come home. Yeah. 
And it's very cute and emotional. Simon's very overwhelmed because he realizes he's he's really the mage's heir. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he literally killed his dad. Yeah. And Baz is like, whoa, what? And then he looks at Simon. He's like, oh, he, he looks like he looks just like the mage. I always thought that was like a, a tick he got up from him. And so Simon's processing this like, you know, as he as he should, because it's a big bomb. He's happy to have a family. But like, I think the thing about him being the mage's son is, you know, eating away at him because he was manipulated by this man for how many years and he's finally coming terms to with with that um mm-hmm. and honestly that's kind of how the book ends is baz and simon back at simon's flat talking through this being like simon telling him that he doesn't want to tell penny just yet he wants to just you know sort through this oh prior to this um baz called simon his rosebud boy and i cried <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> cried and I was like <laughs> very cute moment um, and then there's an epilogue which I hated I hated how this book ended I'm gonna wait wait, wait hold, okay, on, hold, hold on, on hold on backtrack, backtrack. hold on Penelope and Shepard oh, yes, are officially sorry. an item yes. um Shepard goes to dinner at the well-beloved house or no oh my god I keep getting Agatha <laughs> and Penelope mixed up in my brain the Bunce Shepherd goes to dinner at the Bunce house, <laughs> um, and her parents are not very uh, happy about it, or at least her mother is Her dad and seems very easily won by Shepherd. And Penny's like, Mom, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like him. Okay? It's happening. It's happening. We're, we're here. Shepherd, because he can't legally stay in... England right now is like I need to go back and I need to get all of my legal papers because we left in such a rush and got me here illegally come with me so Penelope and Shepard are gonna go back to Nebraska Penelope's gonna meet his family Mm -hmm. and then they're both gonna come back to the UK and live in the UK together yeah and and, uh, Ah! It's so cute. She's so happy. They're so cute. I love oh them god. so much. Oh my god. I'm in love with Shepard. Same. Not as much as I'm in love with Baz, but like in a more attainable I was way gonna because Shep- <laughs> Shepard is straight. I was just about to say that. I was like, I think my crush on Shepard stems from the fact that he's t- attainable to me in the sense that <laughs> he is also attracted to women. So I'm like, oh, there's a <laughs> shot there. <laughs> Even though he's a fictional oh. character. So, uh, Simon and Baz have sex again, right? Yes, and it's wonderful. And because mm-hmm. they know what to do. And then, yeah, and then we have an epilogue which, one year later. Yeah. Which is ag- a single page of Agatha. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just read this page yes. to all of you because it's it, the text takes up less than half a page. And it says, I could leave the goats to themselves all day. They'd be fine, and there's plenty for me to do back at Watford. The goats know their own way home. I still end up out in the fields with them most days. I have my favorite stones and stumps to sit on. I've traded my wand for a walking stick. I like to be the one who brings the goats in when the sun sets. Over the hills, across the great lawn, over the drawbridge. The merewolves are gone, thank magic, thank Neve, and into their clean barn. I sleep above them in the loft. It's not half bad. 
There's a huge wheel window and a clawfoot tub. I'll probably stay a while. End of book. <sighs> I hated how I this book hated. ended. It just... She was doing such a good job wrapping up the loose ties. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she was like, oh, I forgot about Agatha. I should just have a little blurb about Agatha. Okay, what can I come up with? It doesn't feel like it was thought through mm-hmm. properly. And that she was like, it felt like an oh shit, I forgot about Agatha moment. Mm-hmm. I also wanted more resolution for Simon. Like, I, I understand now that he gets his his family and that's amazing, and that's all I've ever wanted for him, but I wanted to see him come to terms with it, or at least be a little more settled in it, because the scene at the Salisbury house ends with Simon still in turmoil, Yeah, and then suddenly we're back at his and Baz's flat, and they're just, like, getting out of the shower, and they're like, we're gonna figure things out. And then they have sex, and it's the end of the book. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then you have to remember, this is the last book. This is the last time we are seeing these characters. This is how we are leaving this world. And mm-hmm. I don't like leaving the world like that. I want mm-hmm. more resolution. Because, like, I get, I would have gotten it if there was supposed to be another book coming out. Mm-hmm. But there's not. This is it. And that's just, ugh, I was so frustrated. <laughs> Yep. So, with that summary and those initial thoughts out of the way, it was very long. This is going to continue to get longer. Uh, I might put in uh, an editing Glenn note at the beginning about how this is going to be a very long episode, but frankly, y'all are going to be able to see it when you click on it. You're going to see that this episode's going to be like an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, But anyway... Alyssa, do you want to talk favorite characters, favorite moments, or ships first? I'm not sure because I'm... I My thing is that I don't think that my favorite characters have shifted. No, that's um, the thing. In my I mean, ships... ba- Baz is still my favorite. Yeah, Simon's still my favorite. I, I found new love in Lady Salisbury, but it's not like she's my favorite character. Yeah. I just love her. Same. Um, Everything's uh, stayed the same for the most part. Yeah. My ships remained the same. I will say, I don't know that I like Agatha and Neve. Yeah. I I think that Agatha can be whatever Agatha is. Mm -hmm. And so even though, like, because my brain is so programmed to be like, oh, great love stories need to have all this fluff and all this angst and everything. And I want Agatha to, you know, if Agatha's going to find love, I want it to be as great a story as, like, Shepard and Penelope yeah. and Simon and Baz. And her and Neve's story just wasn't that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's less that Agatha's gay. I'm totally here for Agatha being gay. She should be gay. Yeah. I think that's great. I think I wanted Agatha to be alone at the end, if I'm being totally honest. I think I, I was too. I was bugged by the fact that all, all of them ended up with a significant other. Yeah, because... Agatha's whole thing was that, like, she was finally okay being by herself. Yeah, and honestly, that's what drew me to Agatha as a character, besides just being very similar. Like, that's something I've been processing this past year, is, like, being okay being by myself. And I found a lot of comfort in her being like, oh, well, Agatha is doing okay by herself, so 
it's nice to see that in a character because most stories don't end like that. Most stories end with somebody feeling complete and re like resolved with a partner. And mm -hmm. I liked that she was on the way to not having that and being okay and resolved with herself. When she and Neve kissed, I was like, yes, Agatha. Yeah. Okay, Agatha. Get it, Agatha. Literally. It wasn't that. It was that she had a romantic partner at the end, and I didn't want her to. I wanted her to be by herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was... That was the, That's the thing, because when you reread the ending the second time, the goat thing didn't bug me. I like that she no. ended up being at Wofford. I like that me she too. ended up standing in for Eb, because Agatha is a really good maid. She just, like, cuts herself a little short. Like, she just doesn't mm -hmm. think she is, like, because she's been comparing herself to Penelope and, like, Baz and Simon. And I love so much that she takes the place of the woman who sacrificed herself for yeah. her. Not for that reason. No. That's not the reason that Agatha takes over for Eb. It's not like a, I feel a sense of duty to mm -hmm. Eb because of this. But I, you know, from a storytelling standpoint, think that it's a beautiful conclusion yes. to Agatha's story for her to be the one who brings the nannies home. Yes. Yeah. I really love that, especially... Because, yeah, it's she's honoring Eb in a way because she was, she's was she been like that since she found out, like, the ghosts write that themselves. She's like, well, Eb used to take care of them. And Neve was always like, well, Eb's dead. So. Mm -hmm. And Agatha's like, no, but, like, you don't get it. Like, that was Eb's job. Now they, they feel abandoned. Like, they need someone to take care of them. Mm -hmm. And then she realized, oh, I can be that person. They seem to really like me. And I really like doing this. So I was totally fine. With Agatha just being at Watford and having Eb's old job. Mm -hmm. The thing with Neve was, like, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. It kind of came out of left field. It just felt like mm -hmm. Agatha was developing a new friendship. And mm -hmm. I liked how Neve was kind of, like, over Agatha's friend group. And me like, God, y'all were, like, gluttons for attention at Watford. I loved Agatha having a friend who wasn't in her class at Watford. Yes. I adored that. I wanted so bad for Agatha to have a real friend who wasn't Penny or Simon or mm -hmm. Baz because we have seen time and time again just how, like, I, I'm not going to say that those three people are toxic to her because I don't think that they are but they aren't they are the, the friends that she needs by her side all the time yeah they're, they're like hey let's go get drinks and catch up kind of friends that's the thing like simon and baz and penny seem to function as a trio with agatha very often like kind of being left to the side because i mean she chooses to have it that way it's not mm -hmm. like them excluding her agatha has been very like vocal about the fact that she does not want to be part of this mm -hmm. but she's and so like she still deserves friends, you know? Yeah, and then the one friend that she makes suddenly becomes her girlfriend. Yeah. And or I, her love interest. Yeah. And that upset me. I yeah. was like, no, let her have a friend. Yes. It, it was the same way that, like, you know, um, there's a trope that we complain about a lot mm -hmm. that we haven't really complained about on the podcast, but oh, it's yes. a trope that I complain about a lot where it's like, in a lot of literature, if you have a female character and a male character who have witty banter and become friends, oh, yes. they must fall in love at the end. Yes. And that bothers me. I, I that think trope. that they should be able to just be friends. And mm -hmm. I think the same thing applies to uh, 
relationships that are not heterosexual. People should just be allowed to have friends. And I didn't want Agatha to have the first friend she had outside of Simon and Baz and Penny be someone that she made out with. Yep. I just, I'm like, it's, because Rainbow Rowell, like, we see the importance of friendship in, like, the other three characters. Mm-hmm. But we don't see it really in Agatha. And I thought that would have mm-hmm. been, like, a really awesome, like, conclusion is her being okay by herself and having another friend. If you want to make Agatha kiss girls, I'm all That's for it. That's fine for me. I'm, I, for I'm honestly here for it. I'm here for Agatha being gay, especially because she never felt like she, like, belonged in a relationship with Simon. She yep. never felt like she belonged in a relationship with Baz. Yep. She flirted with, what was his name? Brayden? Brandon? Brady, Brady, something like that. Whatever yeah. his name was. Uh, who He was a Now Next vampire, and she flirted with him, but it always felt weird. Yeah. And not, in le- not just because he was suspicious, but also just because she was like, I don't think that I'm actually into this. Yeah. And so, like, Agatha being gay makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. Here I'm here for, for it. it. I just, but I just, I didn't want her to kiss the first girl who came along. Yeah, you know? I, I wanted her to have a friend who didn't, like, put up with her bullshit and didn't, like, worship mm. the ground she walked on and, like, kind of put her in her place. It was nice and refreshing to see that because it reminded me mm. a little bit of Penny, but, like, Penny was always very caught up in Simon to, to you know, do that to Agatha and they were never close enough for that to be a mm-hmm. thing. I, I digress. It's just, I don't like insta-love either. Yeah. So it's, like, a bunch of my, like, least favorite tropes in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing mm-hmm. against Neve because I like them as a character. Yeah. <laughs> That's my final line on it. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All the other ships are beautiful. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of favorite moments I had um, when Shepard and Penny finally made Penny out. Penny make out. Oh, my uh, God, yes. And yes. when she banished, when she, like, stood up to the demon, that was so cool. And I loved yeah. seeing Penelope be a boss-ass bitch like that. It was my favorite I also, thing. I also loved Penny. Like, she didn't outwardly, but, like, like she didn't voice it. But you knew that moment was a moment of, I'm staking claim on this boy. This boy's yes. mine. <laughs> It bitch was. back up i loved it <laughs> i oh, i loved it so much and she was so smart and clever like i realized what was happening like right when she summoned it no i was like oh he gave away his last name huh interesting wonder if that's gonna play a part in this and then it did and i was like ah this is so cool <laughs> and then they they kissed they made out and i loved all of the Snowbaz communication. It was beautiful yes. to watch them communicate mm-hmm. and be okay and comfortable being in each other's space because, again, mm-hmm. Wayward Son, they were like, Simon was pushing Baz away and Baz was trying to cling. So it was like pushing cling. And then this, they're just very harmonious being together and they were like, I want to be with you and, you know, I don't think I'm going to get sick of you, but I'll let you, I'll let you know if it happens. Mm-hmm. And I also just loved any moment that Lady Salisbury was there. Yes! I loved her so much. She was wonderful. Um, I also loved seeing Baz at the beginning of the book take care of his siblings. I loved that too. It made my love for Baz even stronger. Because you kind of get this feeling in the first few books that he doesn't really care for his siblings. Mm -hmm. And then in this one, it's very clear that no, he loves his family very deeply and would do anything for them. He's a very good 
caretaker yeah. for his little siblings. He just was so consumed by his own self-hatred that, like, yeah. he, he couldn't... There wasn't room in his heart for love for his family. And so, uh, I, like, reading about him taking care of his siblings, I was like, God, Baz is gonna make the best daddy. <laughs> oh, I love those moments. And something else I loved that wasn't, like, an awesome moment, but I thought was very realistic, was when, um... Pippa got her magic back, and at the end, Baz apologized to her, and she, and was, she was like, "I just never want to see yeah, you again." She was like, "Leave I'll... it alone. It's like it's not okay. Yep. but it's done. I have it back. Get out." Yep. Tell Simon I said thank you, mm-hmm. and being done. I thought that was wonderful. I'm glad that they didn't make her forgive him because honestly, it's an unforgivable thing to do. Like, mm-hmm. yes, he did the right thing in the end, but he. You know, she lost mm-hmm. her magic. She lost her voice. And Baz also doesn't feel like he's deserving of forgiveness. Yeah. That's the thing. He apologizes because he thinks that she is owed an apology. Yep. But she doesn't forgive him. And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't forgive me either. Yep. That makes total sense. Thanks for listening. I'll leave you alone forever now. Yes. Just because mm-hmm. someone apologizes to you does not mean they have earned your forgiveness. I just, yeah. I liked him having to make it right and being very hell-bent on making that situation right, whether or not she forgave him. Do you have a favorite out of the trilogy, Glenn? Ooh, like a favorite book of yeah. the trilogy? Yeah, yeah. Um, n- not this one. This one's my least favorite. Yep, I agree with that. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can choose between the first two. My brain wants to say the first one. Yeah, that's where my brain is, too. It was very easy for me to be like, Carry On was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I devoured that book when I read yeah. it for the first time. And- well, I've reread it the most. Yep. That's that's what I keep coming back to. Is like, if I want to reread a Simon Snow book, I very rarely pick up Wayward Son. I pick up Carry On nine times out of ten. Yep. I have reread that book the most, uh, I and not just because I've had it the longest. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the first one's my favorite. It just, I love all the qualities it has. I love the world. I just, I love the enemies to lovers with mm-hmm. Simon and Baz. I love watching their relationship blossom, but it's always so fun going back to where it started. And I just, I don't miss Simon without magic, but it's just, it's nice to see him be happy again i guess Mm -hmm. i like seeing the og simon for a second and being like wow you go through Mm -hmm. so much and you are still a little sunshine bean and i love you i i also feel like the mage is like the biggest baddie that we have in this entire series that's my thing part of the reason i didn't like this book as much like i'm not gonna say flat out that i didn't like this book because i did i I liked this book um but in comparison to the other two, I think it's the weakest one. I agree. And part of that is because the big baddie is not that big or bad. No. He He's kind of a redone mage. Yeah. But not as effectively. No, he's not like a proper mage. He's just... Mm-hmm. I, I know he's like, going to be defeated. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I understand why he's a threat to the world of mages. Yeah. But... He's not enough of one for me to be worried. Yep. I think, like, his 
him as a character, like, I didn't see very often, and I didn't really understand his motivation mm-hmm. until we got to, like, near the ending. Did it, we yeah. kind of understand why he was doing what he was doing? With the mage, it was very easy to pick up from the get-go why he was doing this, why he was manipulating Simon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I like that. And then the, the now next vampire story just never felt fully resolved to me. Like, they just kind of escaped out of the little situation they were Mm -hmm. in i kind of understood what they were doing but i wasn't overall very threatened by them as a Mm -hmm. like villain so i was like yeah whatever i think i think it had let the the second one i cared less about the villains and the stakes there and more about the world building if that makes sense yes um and then because in this one, we were already in a fully established world with a big baddie that wasn't very big or bad. It just fell flat in that way. Yeah, because I was, it was more so frustrating for me to have to keep going back to the Smith-Richards thing. I wanted to focus mm-hmm. on what was going on with, like, figuring out the demon situation with Shepard and, like, mm-hmm. Simon and Baz working through their relationship seems like the bigger, like, hurdle. And the, will Simon ever figure out that the Salisburys are his family? Yes. I will say, I was kind of unsatisfied with how he figured that out. I don't know how else she would have made that happen. But, like, him just coming and picking up a sword that could only be picked up by members of the family. I was like, this is so, this is an overdone trope that I didn't need to read again. Yep. And I... I liked him getting a sword, though. I like him having a weapon, because I like when Simon feels useful. And he's a mm-hmm. good fighter, so, like, he can hold and his he own. he needed a new sword. Yeah, he lost he, his. He needed a new one. And I was like, <laughs> I want Simon to have a sword again, because I don't like it when Simon does not feel useful in a fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I liked but, yeah. that, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was my least favorite of the three, which is not to say that it was a bad book. I think if you've read the other two, it's definitely worth reading. Yeah. Wrapping up, this series is very, very good. Like, it really helped me get back into reading after college and being an English major. I just felt so burnt out with reading. Mm -hmm. I was not enjoying anything. And this series reminded me of, like, my favorite books as a kid, which were the Percy Jackson series and Harry Potter. So, like, it brought me back to a stage where I can really love and enjoy reading again, which is lovely. <laughs> Wrapping up this, um, Alyssa, I don't know if you want to take a quiz. Uh, the only one I found that I, I tried looking for a, like, which Simon Snow character is your soulmate quiz. Because oh, I thought that would be fun. Because um, we... We already know which characters we are. We yeah. already know that I'm Baz and you're Agatha. Yes. I could not find a which one is your soulmate quiz, but I did find a quiz titled, Are You a Gay Dragon? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so if you'd like to take the gay dragon quiz. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I'm very okay. interested to see what this is like. Still in Britain. <laughs> okay, we're back. Uh, Alyssa, what's what's your result? I got, you're not a gay dragon, Simon. You shall not pass. I got, you're a gay dragon, Simon. Finally, finish the quote. Couldn't you just drink some of a person's blood, then walk away? (laughs) Fuck. I'm looking at the result totals. I was very close, I guess, to getting I'm a gay dragon, so there's that. (laughs) What the fuck? That was wonderful, though. 
All right, then, Alyssa, uh, it is time to wrap this up. I feel like we already covered our final thoughts yes, uh, in all of the bullshit that we've done thus far. So why don't you tell the people where they can listen to our podcast? Okay, friends, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you listen to your podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Give us a five-star rating and subscribe because we want people to find us and we want you guys to see our new episodes. <laughs> um, if you want to connect with us, you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at T-Squee. Or if you have longer thoughts uh, or, you know, anything of that nature, you can send it to us at our email. Uh, that's T-N-Squee at gmail.com. T, the letter N-Squee at gmail.com. This week, I want you to send me... Give me an Agatha alternate ending. Yeah, give me an Agatha alternate ending. Yeah, that's yep. where I'm at. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, I mean, you could send me your Agatha Neve fan fiction. I'm not sure if I would read it, though. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I'm very, send I'm standing my ground in my opinion on that. Mm -hmm. Send us some Agatha alternate endings. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> give, us, give us a girl who ends up alone with the goats. Honestly, ain't that just the dream? And her friend Neve comes around for tea. Yeah. And then, like, you know... Years later, they finally admit that they have unresolved feelings yes, for each other. That would here be, for that. That's fine. That's it. That's what I would have wanted. I'm here for a friends to lovers yes. with Neve and Agatha. I think Just... that we moved too too quickly from um, resentment to lovers. Yes, I agree. We moved too quickly on this one. But anyway. Anywho. <laughs> this has been Tea and Squee, the final installment on the I'm in Snow series. Oh. I'm sorry that it was so fucking long, Yeah, this is guys. a very long episode. Um, I'm so sorry. But if we've learned anything uh, as we've done this podcast, it's that there are a few things in life that we love more than Simon Snow. Yeah. So, um, all knew, oops. Y'all knew this was going to be kind of long-winded. <laughs> and what's a final installment of a trilogy we love without an hour-long summary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah this one i think after editing this is probably gonna end up being close to an hour and a half so um yeah sorry not sorry everybody uh Hope we'll see perfect yeah. for a long road trip yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> we'll see you next time y'all yeehaw yeah whoop 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 bye, bye. bye.